0: This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world.
1: An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV.
2: Punisher, control! Howdy
1: before I change my mind! I give you Super
0: Train. Oh, Episode 417, submission 676. Police Academy, the animated series. Police Academy, the animated series, aired in syndication from September 10th of 1988 to September 2nd of 1989 for 65 episodes. And that is, give me one second, by my count, 39 more episodes. Let's see, 65, no, 49 more episodes. Forgot to add the 10. Forgot to carry the one, good job. Whatever.
1: It's a lot more episodes than the Hudson Brothers Resilience Show, Uncle Croc's Block, Schooled, J.J. Starbuck, and the number of aired episodes of Salvage 1. We get it.
2: But But, in its defense, it aired in weekday syndication.
1: Well, yeah, it was a syndicated cartoon, so you know, five days a week for 13 weeks. The math works out.
0: Makes total sense. Now, guys, you remember back in the famous Teddy Z, I said it would be the first and the last time we ever talked about the fat boys. Oh, no. Well, I was wrong, because they did the theme song to this. So let's play it!
2: Somebody forgot to dot the I.
0: I'll fix it. Police Academy, the series. So, guys, one of the great comedy franchises of the 1980s was the Police Academy movies. I remember it fondly. It's like, you know what? Let's take meatballs and
2: porkies and put it in a police academy.
0: And wacky shenanigans happen.
2: And if you've listened to this
1: podcast for any length of time, the Police Academy franchise is probably on the Mount Rushmore of our favorite comedy movie franchises. Maybe I wouldn't rank it as high, just my opinion, but I think Greg and Chico would definitely put it in their top four. So,
2: If I'm not mistaken, it would be Ghostbusters, Police Academy... We're talking strictly comedy franchises, right? Yes, comedy only. Okay, you have to give me some time to think of the other two. Uh, Naked Gun. Oh, Naked, there you go. Thank you, Naked Gun. And
1: maybe this wouldn't be terribly popular. I love the Austin Powers movies, and and I don't know if you could add these two because they've only had two movies. But I'm going to say Ted and Anchorman.
0: No, I would go with Anchorman. Yeah.
1: Anchorman 2 wasn't as good as the original, but it definitely stands up on its own merits. And Ted 2, same sort of thing. Good, first movie, second movie. Hot shots. Acceptable. I'm going to admit this. I've never seen Hot Shots. You've never seen Hot Shots? No. Never seen Hot Shots. I know I live a very sheltered life,
2: Chico. I'm sorry. You got to watch the first movie. You can... Watch the second movie but I wouldn't recommend it but definitely watch the first movie yeah you can't go wrong with Charlie Sheen Sean Fryer and Lloyd Bridges and Carrie Elways
0: are we forgetting Carrie Elways oh well, yeah Carrie Elways he's great in anything yes he is but okay let's talk about Police Academy again because the movies they were popular so an animation outlet that we've talked about many times in the past, Ruby Spears decided, you know what? How about we turn this franchise into a cartoon? Especially after, and I can say this with reasonable certainty,
2: the success of the greatest of the Police Academy movies, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Because if you look at the logos for Police Academy the series they take that artwork directly from Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol and we can assume
0: this all takes place after Police Academy 4
2: a word of God says that Police Academy the series takes place between Police Academy 4 and 5 partly because Carrie Mahoney who is played by Steve Guttenberg in the movies
0: is not in 5 or 6 But he is in this show. The characters in this show, yes. So, Chico, we got all the characters back. We got Mahoney. We got Jones. With his wacky voice impersonating skills. Although they didn't get Michael Winslow for this. You'd think they'd have Michael Winslow. This would be so perfect.
2: They got Mahoney. Larvell Jones. Carl
0: Sweetchuck. Moses Hightower. They got Zed, Laverne Hooks, House Conklin. House Conklin from Police Academy
2: 4 and 5. Eugene Tackleberry, Debbie Callahan, and Captain Thaddeus Harris, and his lackey, Sergeant Carl Proctor.
0: Oh, hold on a second, guys. I gotta mention something, because as we all know, Captain Harris was played by G.W. Bailey in the Police Academy movies, but I did some investigative work, because, you remember last week we talked about Roomies? Yeah? I found out that he did a guest spot on Roomies. Oh my god. <laughs> but, guys, we were informed by a listener on threads about this. Do we want to say who starred as the 40-year-old man and the 14 year old kid on roommates. Well, I guess it's up to me then. Burt Young and Corey Haim. <laughs> Mike, isn't that terrific? Polly and Corey Haim as roommates. Wacky shenanigans definitely happened. But
2: that's all that happened.
0: Yeah. Oh, and we also got Captain Mauser back. Now, you, Captain Mauser was the heel. In place of Harris in 2 and 3. But in this case. He's like completely reformed. By the time we get to the animated series. Yeah not only reformed. He pretty
2: much stays out. Of the cadets lives. He is devoting his entire life. To bringing up. One of two new characters. Introduced in the animated series. The canine core.
0: Oh the canine core. Yeah because there's a lot of dogs in this. They knew. That with an animated series, you know what? We need to entice the kids dogs. Not only are they regular
2: dogs, they're talking dogs, but they talk only to each other. Because this is how you sell an incredibly debaucherous, raunchy, trashy, tacky, tasteless comedy franchise like Police Academy.
0: Oh, yeah, because let's not forget. We were kids, we didn't realize like how trashy these movies were. We were just stupid ass kids.
2: We were just laughing our butts off at the likes of Michael Winslow going.
0: Oh, and we were just laughing our asses off when Harrison Proctor got sent to the Blue Oyster Bar. Sir, he says this restaurant has the best salad bar in town, and well, it damn sure better have. It. Doctor. Yes, sir. I don't see a solid bar. Look, sir. Maybe they serve seafood. (laughs) Not funny, you idiot. What are you looking at, you peckerhead?
1: Nice uniform. Makes me wish I'd worn my
0: sailor outfit. I'm getting out of here. Move it, move it, move it! (laughs) Doctor!
1: Don't take cutting is loud, sir. Nice collar. So wait a second. Are you sort of implying that this is Paw Patrol 30 years before it?
2: <laughs> Whenever you're in trouble, just yelp for help.
1: It's an honest question. Talking dogs doing police work? It's Paw Patrol.
0: Now you maybe want to look back at the SNL Paw Patrol campaign (laughs) ad with uh, freaking Oscar Isaac. That was great. I I apologize.
1: No, you don't. No, I legit do. I don't want Greg going back there.
0: But guys, we have our core characters at the Police Academy. Oh, hold on. Did we not forget Commandant Lessard? Oh, we did forget. Commandant Lassard. Uh, George Gaines had his George Gainiest. That's right.
1: No! Okay. No! That was no. No, that was not George Gaines as George Gainiest. He was as George Gainiest when he played Henry Wardemont. Punker. Punker. Don't go in the refrigerator, Punker. <laughs> no, that was Sherry he went to. No, okay, let me do that. I, I, I knew it was Sherry. I don't know why I said Punky. Punker. Punker. Don't have Sherry going to the refrigerator punkard.
2: Hey? <laughs> and rounding out the cast in this cartoon adaptation of something incredibly debaucherous is the professor. Because he's wacky. If you're going to get the kids involved, you have to have somebody who's wacky and likes to invent stuff. So we have a bunch of toned down individuals from their movie avatars, like. For example, Eugene Tackleberry, you know him. He has a gun who is bigger than your entire head. Obviously, he can't do that in the cartoon.
0: No. So they give him a bazooka. Yeah, that's fine enough. Kids love bazookas. Yes. And Debbie Callahan,
2: while still leggy and statuesque, you are not going to see that scene in Police Academy 4, where everybody's doing the swim test.
0: Yes. I was waiting for Mike to say something about that.
2: And you know the scene I'm talking about. No, I don't. Okay, so in Police Academy 4, Lieutenant Callahan is administering a swim test. Okay. She's wearing a ripped white cotton t-shirt. Okay. And she jumps into the pool.
1: Yeah, you can't have that on the cartoon, I'm sorry. No. Maybe they could do a version of Police Academy, the animated series, After Dark. I don't know how you could draw that, but damn, I could use my imagination.
0: It's too bad we didn't have Adult Swim back in 1989. Oh, I think she took an Adult Swim in that movie. So, guys, we have our crew, but we have to have them face a wide assortment of villains on this show. So what villains do they face in this show?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Because this is a kid's show, we have to have a very clear demarcation of why they are so villainous. A descriptive name, if you will. So we have the Kingpin, the largest, who basically is the uh, commandant of the Rogue's Gallery of Villains here. Then we have people like Weasel and Wooly, Numbskull, Mr. Sleeze, Mr. Sleeze, Phoenix (laughs) Amazona, Lockjaw, the Clown Gang. The Highway Robbers. Madam Zelda and the Land Pirates. The Hang Ten Gang. Barracuda and his Diamond Gang. (laughs) Dr. Mackie, Miss Bomb, and Marsupial Man. Marsupial Man. Skull Ned and the Rock Gang. Sheik and the Guards. The Incredible Shandar, who's a magician who apparently uses reflective material to make his targets seem to disappear. Dr. Deadstone. (laughs) Old Clyde
0: Barrow, Bonnie, and Butch. Hold on. This is my favorite here. Robin Good. A parody of Robin Hood, who claims to give his stolen goods to the poor, but just keeps it for himself. Those are a small smattering of all of the
2: people that the cadets find themselves against on a day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day basis. Remember, five days a week. So now we have to talk about everybody who gives them life, as it were. In the role of Kerry Mahoney, they couldn't get Steve Gutenberg for obvious reasons. But they did get Ron Rubin, who's known for another raunchy adult comedy made into a kids animated show. Beetlejuice. What was that, Chico? Beetlejuice.
1: I couldn't hear you. What did you say?
2: It's a trap. He also played Morph on season one of X-Men, the animated series, so... Yes, very well known in the VAO community there. Playing Eugene Tackleberry is Dan Hennessy, best known for his role as Chief Quimby in Inspector Gadget. In the role of Carl Sweetchuck, Howard Morris. Sadly, no longer with us, but. You may remember him as Ernest T. Bass in eight episodes of The Andy Griffith Show and Dr. Zadell in 1984's Feel Good Film Splash. I got a better one. As much as I love Ernest T. Bass on
1: The Andy Griffith Show, he voiced numerous characters in the Land series of commercials. Hamburglar, Mayor McCheese, and related to how we end every episode now, he was
2: the voice of Flem on Cow and Chicken. Back to Dan Hennessy also voices Zed on this show. Then, voicing both Jones and Hightower, they couldn't get Bubba Smith, and they couldn't get Michael Winslow. So who did they get? Greg Morton. Obviously, not the football player. He's done voice work for Alf. Previous entry, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Future entry, Hammer Man. And... Future entry? Hello Kitty's Fairy Tale Theater. What? Yeah, back in 1987, CBS had a TV show where they put Hello Kitty retelling fairy tales, basically. And if you didn't know, Hello Kitty is not a cat. Playing... Harris, Len Carlson, who sadly is no longer with us, but if you are a fan of the raccoons from back in the day, if you had the Disney Channel, he was the voice of Burt Raccoon. Oh. Tying it back to X-Men, the animated series, he played the Bruce Davison role of Senator turned President Robert Kelly. And in the role of House Conklin and Carl Proctor, Don Franks, very well-known First Nations Canadian actor, and also the father of Cree Summer. Oh. He played Grimaldi in Heavy Metal, if you remember that, and also Hookie in Johnny Mnemonic, primarily known as Cree Summer's Daddy. Playing the role of Callahan and Hooks is Denise Pigeon, who has done some work on Alfred Hitchcock's Presents and Babar and previous entry, The Super Mario Brothers Super Show.
1: And guys, I'm going to give you such a deep cut. I may draw blood. Going to backtrack to when I was a little kid, back in like 88, 89, late 80s. And I don't know if you guys ever did what I used to do. I had in my bedroom a TV, but I didn't have cable. I had just a set of rabbit ears. And sometimes if the weather was right, if it was cloud free, if all the conditions were right, you could pull in TV stations from other markets. Have you ever done that?
0: Yeah. I had a GE. Portable TV when I was a kid that could pick up the ABC station out of Hartford.
1: Okay. Well, I used to do this as a kid. Again, like 87, 88, 89. And one show that I remember her on, not even joking, at least this is a deep cut, is there was a show, a sort of, to tell the truth, this type of show in Canada on CTV, I believe, called Baloney. It was set in a diner. The host was Pat Bullard. And his sidekick, the waitress, given the name the lovely Cindy, was Denise Pigeon. I've been waiting 35 years for this moment. Thank you very much.
2: Wow, that is a deep cut.
1: Did I draw blood? Did I not warn you ahead of time it was going to be a deep I'm gonna cut? I'm going to need
2: some medical attention soon.
1: All right, well... I'll take you to the
2: triage, but first, let's hear who else is in this show. Rounding out the cast of regulars as Commandant Eric Lassard is Ted Dylan, who is another known Canadian actor who's been in everything from The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, post-season two, obviously, to future entry Soldier of Fortune Incorporated to previous entry kept power in the soldiers of the future he was in two episodes of TNT what is TNT that detective show with mr T and somebody else lost what? wait That's wait, wait what? mr
1: T i'm sorry
2: what what there was a detective show in the 80s called TNT it lasted for 3 seasons with Mr. T as T. S. Turner, a former boxer, accused of a murder he didn't commit.
1: Wait, did you say three seasons?
2: It lasted for three seasons, inexplicably.
0: I didn't know Mr. T did anything after 18. This was basically his I need work. I need I work.
2: Need work, <laughs> work fool. I of the fool that doesn't employ me. And then you have some additional voices, the likes of which are R. Nelson Brown, Dorian Joe Clark, Anthony Correa, Gary Crawford, Catherine Gallant, Charles W. Gray, Rex Hagen, Elizabeth Hanna, Suzette Myers, Greg Swanson, Nolan Zilberman, and Frank, stop calling me Megatron, Welker.
1: Okay, then we'll call you, it was a thing on TV Hall of Famer, Frank Welker.
0: So now we have... Sixty-five episodes to briefly go over, but hold on—we don't mostly have episode capsules for season two. Now, there's a reason why we probably have all the episode capsules for season one, but we'll get to that at the end. So let's start with episode one: the good, the bad, and the bogus. Wait, Mister Bogus is appearing on this show? Will hilarity ensue? <laughs> Mike's giving me the correct response. He's giving me the finger for bringing up Mr. Bogus. That's all you deserve. Captain Harris bungles an operation to catch the clown gang, and his punishment is to return to the police academy and train new recruits. His favorite grads also return, along with the clown gang. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Episode 2, Putting on the Dogs... If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits, putting on the dogs?
1: It doesn't rhyme.
0: Hey, it barely fits the meter. I tried. To stop a number of cat burglaries, Lassard brings a new squad in to save the day the Canine Corps. Episode 3 Phantom of the Precinct. Officers begin to take extended leave because they fear the Phantom. Harris puts Mahoney and his gang on the case. Episode 4, Cops and Robots. Harris wants to replace Mahoney and his gang with the professor's new robot officers. Yeah, how's that gonna work? I don't know. That's kind of ahead of its time. I think they now have, like, robot, like, segways, like, patrolling the subways in New York now. Yeah, and besides
2: that, this would be, like, one year removed from RoboCop.
0: Oh, RoboCop the Animated Series. Episode 5, Police Academy Blues. Lassard is forced to step down at the Academy, and Captain Harris becomes his replacement. Oh, that's not good. That's not good if Captain Harris is going to be Commandant Lassard's replacement. It's not going to be very good for the Police Academy crew. Mahoney and his gang then set out to get Lasard reinstated. And guess what they did. Episode 6. A blue night at the opera. And that's night with a K. The Academy is assigned to look after an opera singer. After several attempts have been made on her life. Episode 7. Worth her weight in gold. Unbeatable lady wrestler Amazona is on a crime spree in her free time. Sweet Chuck offers to go undercover at her gym because he's falling head over heels in love with her. Aww. But Sweet Chuck is like what, two, three feet tall? 120 pounds soaking wet. He thinks that, oh, This lady wrestler is going to fall in love with me. No, sweet Chuck. Don't even bother.
2: Although, Zed will probably look at him and say, Yeah, you go nail that.
0: (laughs) That would be like the type of thing Zed would actually see in Sweet Chuck. Yeah, Sweet Chuck, you should go totally make a move on her. I apologize for the horrible podcast. Episode 8, For Whom the Wedding Bells toll. The Academy is assigned an undercover security mission at the wedding ceremony of a billionaire's daughter. Episode 9, Westwood Ho Hooks. Feeling unappreciated at the Academy, Sergeant Hooks finds a new job as the sheriff of the town being menaced by an outlaw gang. Episode 10, My Mummy Lies Over the Ocean. Harris orders Mahoney and Company to protect a cursed mummy as it is being returned to Egypt. The chief tells Harris to join Operation Egypt as well, as three crooks board the same cruise ship hoping to steal the mummy. Episode 11 Numskull's Revenge. Captain Harris brags about capturing bank robber Numskull, who swears revenge and is soon broken out by his accomplice, Ratso rats that's in the the actual name of his accomplice does he look like a rat
2: maybe because otherwise it wouldn't make sense
0: in the context of a cartoon episode 12 proctor call a doctor with harris in the hospital proctor becomes the acting captain and is assisted by Sergeant Copeland. Mr. Sleaze and his bags kidnap the mayor and demand that their cohorts are set free. You know, guys, I don't think that's going to be good with Proctor acting as captain. Episode 13, Little Zed and Big Bertha. Zed tracks down the highway robbers who turn out to be his own cousins, Ned and Ed, and his Aunt Bertha, after he gets hit on the head, confused Zed joins up with his family. I guess in his family, they have really unimaginative names for all the kids. Ned, Ed, Zed. Come on, Zed. You're a reformed gang member. You should be better than
2: that. Now, wait a second, guys. The character's name is Zed?
0: Yeah.
1: Let's remember that there are Canadian actors on this show. So if it was actually set in the States, it would be Z, not Z.
0: Prove me wrong. I knew you couldn't. Episode 14, and this is my response back. Curses on you. Madam Zelda puts a spell on Sweet Chuck when he arrests her for phony fortune telling thanks to the pirate curse. Anyone close to Sweet Chuck will have bad luck and that includes the entire precinct. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Episode 15, Lights, Action, Coppers. House is excited to work security duty at Galaxy Studios, but when the giant animatronic Awesome 8 is stolen by thieves and used to commit crimes, Fifi La Callahan ends up in its clutches. Episode 16, Camp Academy. Mahoney catches young Billy Joyriding, who is promptly sent to Lassard's new camp academy for inner-city kids. A group of rich criminals located right next to the camp want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Episode 17, The Telltale Tooth. The magnificent Mystifoles want to steal the Cyclops' diamond and use it to hypnotize hundreds of people at once. He puts Hightower under its spell and makes him steal the Three Keys to the Diamond. Episode 18, Mr. Sleeves versus Lockjaw. Oh my god, we got a villain vs. villain episode, so this is going to be great. Mr. Sleeves swears revenge when Lockjaw beats him to an armored truck robbery. He takes advantage of Lockjaw's obsession with Lieutenant Callahan. Woohoo! Like I said, still leggy. Still drop dead gorgeous. But, but this you. is a kid show. Yeah. Episode 19 Space Out Space Cadets. The space program needs nine good cops to fly an experimental space shuttle control vehicle into orbit. Harris manipulates the graduates' computer flies to make sure they go into orbit for nine months. Oh my God! Man. You really hate these guys, don't you? Captain Harris hates the Police Academy group so much, he wants them to stay in space forever so he can never see them again. That's how much he can't stand them. Episode 20, Sweet Chuck's brother, Sweet Chuck's younger, taller, and more handsome brother, Doug, visits the Academy while on a case, feeling inadequate. Sweet Chuck hides from his brother. But we learned something in this episode. We learned that Sweet Chuck's first name is Carl. That was never attenuated in the movies, was it? No! It, it is at least candid in the show that his name is Carl Sweet Chuck. Episode 21, Karate Cop. Jones loses his confidence after facing Karate Crook Flung high. Mahoney arranges for Jones to train with his old master Shiro, who also taught Flung high. So I'm guessing because this is a karate episode, we get to see Jones use his uh well,
2: <laughs> someone interests a shallow bulk. who is really lousy.
1: And that name: Flung high? Is that what happens to his victims when he karate chops them? They're flung high? Yes. I mean, beyond being, you know, sort of racist a little bit, I see the double meaning there, which I think is adorable.
0: Episode 22, The Hang 10 Gang. Zed develops a fear of water while buying a new goldfish ball for Commandant Lassart. The professor equips the graduates with new inventions to catch a group of criminal surfers that use hoverboards. No, Sky Surfer Strike Force wouldn't be a thing for another 10 years. And the Mattel hoverboard isn't created in Back to the Future 2 until another year. None of this makes sense. But I guarantee you, those are more cooler than the crap we got that was called hoverboards in like the mid 2010s. You remember those hoverboards we got in the 2010s? the ones that caught fire yes oh yeah those were absolute crap
1: we'll cover that on our eventual spinoff podcast it was a thing in
0: technology episode 23 oh guys guys this is clever nine cops and a baby gee i wonder what they're referencing in that Mahoney's new neighbor, Mona, asks him to babysit her niece, Nellie. He calls in reinforcements, and they all have their hands full with Nellie, without even realizing the crooks are after something top secret. The transistor's hidden in her rattle. Oh, no. Episode 24, Fish and Microchips. Mahoney and Jones arrest Mr. Glitch, but can't find any evidence of theft. From the space lab because Glitch feeds the stolen microchip to Lessard's goldfish Finnegan! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this is the episode where he established that Commandant Lessard's treasured goldfish is named Finnegan.
0: Oh yeah, because he loves that goldfish. Episode 25, Precinct of Wax. Kingpin hires Wax and Wayne to infiltrate the ball at the governor's mansion in honor of the police academy. Wayne takes the place of the governor and orders all the cops suspended.
1: Wait, Wax and Wayne? Yeah. Oh my gosh, these character names are so corny. Do you get it, Wax and Wayne?
0: Yeah. What was his mother thinking when he named him
1: that? Maybe she was a fan of the moon's movements, waxing and waning. I don't know.
0: And the final episode of season one, Cop Scouts. After a series of carjacks by young kids, Mahoney invites Billy, Gordo, and Sammy to join the new Cop Scouts class at the Academy. So that's season one. Now season two, we got 39 episodes. Now, we don't have descriptions for all the episodes, So I'll just go over them real fast. First, we have descriptions on the first two episodes of season two. Episode one is called Professor Jexel and Gangster High. The professor has perfected his anti-crime formula that can change a criminal's mind from bad to good. When he tries to test it out on Sharky Diamond, Sharky sprays the professor with his own formula, turning him bad. No! Episode 2, Operation Big House. Skeets is masterminding criminal activities from jail. Mahoney, Jones, Zed, and Sweetchuck go undercover as inmates. Lessard wants to prove to himself that he is still worthy to be on the force.
2: I'm surprised they didn't get Hightower to masquerade
0: as an inmate. Oh yeah, because he did such a great job at News' Academy 4. Yummy, 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 yummy. Yummy, 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 yummy. Episode 3, Kingpin's Council of Crime. Episode 4, Ship of Jewels. So we have a description on episode 5. Zillion Dollar Zed. The gamester's attempt to rake the lottery is foiled by Zed who ends up a billionaire and starts a new life of luxury with his poodle, Eggplant.
1: Again with the names. The poodle is named Eggplant.
0: Can you imagine Zed as a millionaire? Probably spend it all on bike stuff or something. Episode 6 is called The Comic Book Keeper. Episode 7 is The Monkey Trail. Episode 8 is called Rolling for Dollars. Maybe it involves bowling for dollars. Episode 9, Canine Corpse and the Peking Pooch. Maybe this is an episode where the dogs talk to each other. Because we've established in this show that the dogs talk to themselves. Episode 10, Santa with a badge. Oh, we got a Christmas episode. That's nice. Episode 11, Suitable for Framing. Episode 12, Rock Around the Cops. Episode 13, Prince and the Copper. Now we have a description for episode 14. Now you steal it, now you don't. The incredible Shandar uses a magic trick to make an armored truck disappear. Unfortunately for him, even bigger things start to vanish when the graduates investigate the Magic Academy. Oh, this is going to be... Another case of wacky things happen. The Police Academy is going to take a visit to the Magic Academy. Episode 15 is called Mad Maxine. We have a description for the next two episodes. Episode 16 is called Trading Disgraces. The grads are being tested by police efficiency expert Crutchner. Harris suspends Tackleberry. And is instructed to make a cop out of Mr. Weasel. Make a cop out of somebody called Mr. Weasel? Yep. Good freaking luck with that. Episode 17 Champ. Lassard's niece, Linda, is practicing for the Olympic horse racing tryouts with her horse, Champ, an Argentinian crook uses one of Champ's horse shoes to smuggle the North Star gems into the States. Episode 18 is called Wheels of Fortune. So I'm sure it maybe involves like a wheel or some parody of Wheel of Fortune. Maybe. We have a description for episode 19. The Wolf Who Cried Boy. While chasing Slug's Gang. Zed and Sweetchuck discover a boy raised by wolves. Slick decides to train the wild boy as his latest, greatest crime student. I wonder if the boy was raised by wolves, if maybe the boy ate Gerald Ford with the wolves. Because remember, as Tom Brokaw famously said, Gerald Ford was eaten by wolves, and he was delicious. Episode 20 is called Snow Job. Episode 21 is called A Bad Night for Tackleberry, Night with a K. Tackleberry feels that police work has lost its challenge for him. Gang leader Throttle wants revenge on tap and steals the professor's latest invention, a helmet that can predict any opponent's next move. Episode 22 is called Super Cop Sweet Chuck. So wait. Are they going to turn Sweet Chuck into RoboCop or something? Like, Sweet Chuck is like a short guy. It's like you can't be intimidated by Sweet Chuck. And anybody who's ever seen the movie knows that Tim Kazarinski is adorable. Yeah. Who could be afraid of Sweet Chuck? Episode 23 is called Deja Voodoo. We got a description on episode 24, Flights of the Bumbling Blues. After being a part of a robbery aboard a plane in which Lassard's goldfish Finnegan was nabbed, the graduates are put on guard in several other valuable airplanes to stop the Gang of Thieves. Episode 25 is called Big Burger. Episode 26 is called Fat City. (laughs) That sounds like the name of like a 2000s era reality show Fat City Episode 27 is called Elementary My Dear Copper So I'm guessing a Sherlock Holmes Type episode Episode 28 Is called Dr. Deadstone I presume Episode 29 is called The Hillbilly Boost. Oh hold on guys We got a description of episode 30 Now guys I said The second time I talked about the Fat Boys when they did the theme was going to be the last. Nope! This is going to be the third time I talk about the Fat Boys on this
2: podcast. Maybe you should stop talking about how many times you plan on talking about the
0: Fat Boys. The Academy Cadets tried to protect the Fat Boys from a deranged fan. I'm guessing this deranged fan really loved the movie Disorderlies and saw it like 50 times in the theater. Or maybe he saw that version Al Lost wanted to see about the fat boys in the remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from the famous Teddy Z. Or maybe he just wanted to learn from
2: the human beatbox how to, well, beatbox.
0: Episode 31, The Junkman Ransoms the Ozone. Oh no, no, I'm not going to stand for this. The junk man is ransoming the Ozo. Why? Because it's
2: late '80s and conservation is the new hotness.
0: Yeah, they really talk about that a lot. The first season of Fifteen. Oh, by the way, thanks to maximum effort, I'm now binging all of Fifteen on Freebie. And boy, they really do hammer home the environment in season one of Fifteen. Only because that one chick is, like, super activist. Oh, yeah. But you know what? She's not as bad as (sighs) Brooke. And that student council dream I told you about. Uh... Episode 8, I believe that is in Season 1. Watch it. I thought I was on drugs watching it. Episode 32 is called Grads on Tour. Episode 33 is called Like Coppers, Like Sun. Episode 34 is called Ten Little Cops. Episode 35 is called Big Top Cops. So we had Ten Little Cops, and then we followed it up with Big Top Cops. Episode 36 is called Alpine K Canine, so I'm guessing maybe the canine for they go skiing or something. Oh, episode 37, it talks about the legend of Robin Good. How he Took all the goods and stole them for himself. Episode 38 is called Hawaii Nino, And episode 39, the final episode, is called Thieves Like Us. So that's the series that was your standard 65 episode series for syndication. Ran for a year and was canceled. It aired here in New York on WPIX 11. And Mike, I'm seeing here on the list of affiliates on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, it was on WBNX 55. Do you know anything about WBNX?
1: Yeah, that's where a couple weeks ago I was a super fan on Person Placer thing. At that point in time, WBNX would have been two and a half years old. I think it started uh, January 1st of '86.
0: Uh, Wikipedia uh, says December
1: one eighty five. Okay, so I'm a month off. I'm sorry. They basically got like all the lower tier shows. They didn't get big into syndication. They got your really cheap fare, and I'm not surprised, given that this was a Ruby Spears effort, like we said earlier, that this ended up on a very cheaply run station. Maybe not necessarily cheaply run, but without much reception because it's a new station. I don't think it even popped on cable systems until, like, 89 or so.
0: And in Raleigh, I see Chico, it aired on WLFL22.
2: Yeah, that used to be the big independent in the RDU market until it signed on to Fox in 1987, becoming one of the charter affiliates. And then in 1998, they lost the Fox affiliate to uh, WRAZ50, becoming the WB affiliate, and now it is the CW affiliate,
0: despite there being a
2: Nextstar station in this market.
0: Wait, Nextstar in Raleigh doesn't own a CW station? No, Nextstar in Raleigh owns the CBS station.
1: Nextstar in Cleveland owns the Fox station.
0: Wow. That's weird. Well, considering they just bought CW... I guess it's understandable. But before the show itself got canceled,
2: because it is a cartoon in the 80s, you gotta have the merch. Oh, yeah. And Kenner was in charge of the toys. And you know, Kenner in the 80s is undefeated. Remember they did Star Wars? Remember they did the real Ghostbusters? Now you have the Police Academy toys, and each one has, you know, this some sort of special feature to it.
0: Yeah, my mom got me all the toys from this series. Even the um, Precinct toy playset, which now goes for like an insane amount of money on eBay, I saw. Not only did you have the action
2: figures and the toys and all the play sets,
0: you also had
2: the comic Police Academy, the comic book.
0: By Marvel Comics under their store comics imprint. They had six issues of that.
2: They were going to have a seventh issue as teased in the back of the sixth issue, which I still have, by the way. But they canceled the line when they canceled the series.
0: Ooh but I can't discuss the Police Academy toys without discussing this.
2: That is the action figure for Zed. It looks like he's wearing somebody else's pair of hands for some reason.
0: Looks like he has a set of choke hands. But the funny part is, there's a button you press on the back and his pants fall down. Do you have any comments about this figure, Mike?
1: I would expect that for a Police Academy figure. The dropping of the shorts. Even the look on his face to an extent.
2: I don't see his skateboard, though. He's supposed to have the skateboard. That's right, he comes with a skateboard. So yeah, we talked about the toys, we talked about the comics. We didn't talk about the fact that this show despite it only lasting 65 episodes, was released, at least in part, on VHS and DVD. Of course, you can watch several episodes for free on
0: YouTube as of this recording. But last December, Warner Archive released Season 1 as a manufacturer on-demand DVD. So you can get Season 1 right now of the animated series on DVD. Hopefully they'll release Season 2 of the animated series on DVD too. So if we buy enough of these copies, maybe we'll send a message to Warner Brothers. Yeah, let's get the rest of the run on DVD. But aside from all that, that's pretty much it. I mean,
2: Police Academy, writing off the high of citizens on patrol, if I'm not mistaken, the most successful Of the franchise. Wanted to cash in. On all of the merch. On the front end and the back end. Thought they had. The license to print money. In cartoons. But. After 65 episodes. It just became. Anything on TV.
0: But guys. How about you bid on something. From the toy line of Police Academy. Because it's time to play eBay, Price is Right. Okay, so you are bidding on the prototype of the Police Academy Precinct Police Station. This is from the seller Bcheck1022 on eBay. So let me read the description here. Super rare police academy the precinct police station first shot tender 1989. Condition is used, both doors have broken hinges. This is not complete, comes as shown. As you can see the plastics are different colors than the production ones. Please carefully examine all pictures. And ask any concerns before you purchase. Excellent piece for any true hardcore Police Academy collector. You simply won't see another one. If you find the time, please view my other items. And this is the prototype? This is the prototype. So before you get your bids, I'm going to warn you in advance the minimum bid I'm going to put out is $500. As I said, this is a very expensive playset to begin with. So I'm going to put the minimum bid as $500. So Mike, I'm going to start bidding with you.
1: You know, if this is under normal circumstances, 500 would have been my bid, so I do appreciate the minimum bid being given.
2: Let's say 1100 Okay. Chico, it looks like they basically said, hey, can I copy off the Ghostbusters playset? Yeah, but make it a little bit different so nobody notices.
0: Oh yeah, because Kenner did that all the time with their sets. I think their Ewok Village playset for Return of the Jedi got recycled for Robin Hood Prince of Bees. But okay, Mike bid eleven hundred dollars. So what's your bid? I'm gonna go with seven fifty. Seven fifty. The amount for this prototype. Buy it now. $1,999.99. Mike Ooh. wins. I almost went like 1500 but then I thought,
2: nobody's going to pay that much for a prototype.
0: No thanks, I'll rather have the uh, figure of Zed with his pants down. You could build your own precincts for that money. Yeah, with blackjack and hookers. Well, not the hookers, because it's a kid's show. So, Police Academy the Animated Series, we had some great adventures with some of our favorite characters from the Police Academy franchise, but unfortunately, in the end, it just became a thing on TV. Wow!
2: Episode 418, Submission Number 1432, Police Academy, The Series. Not to be confused with Police Academy, The
0: Animated Series. Even though The Animated Series was called Police Academy, The Series. I'm confused. I'm totally confused. So I guess we could just call this Police Academy, The Live Action Series. Just to (laughs) distinguish it from The Animated Series. Police Academy, the live-action
2: series, aired in syndication in the U.S. and on CTV in Canada from September 22, 1997 to May 25,
0: 1998 for 26 episodes. And it also aired on TBS Superstation.
1: Of course, that's 10 more episodes. in Uncle Croc's Black, Hudson Brothers so Schooled, J.J. Starbuck, and the number of aired episodes of Salvage 1. Is this getting annoying
0: yet? No. Okay. So, okay, 16 plus 10. That's, I'll just say, one crack block. And, let's see. What's 10 divided by 16? That would be... Five-eighths. Okay, so five-eighths of a crock block. You know how some people refer to, like, the span of time of something so short as a Scaramucci or a Mooch Span? We should just call it a crock Span for 16 episodes.
1: We can call it a crock block.
0: A crock block. Well, Police Academy, the live-action show, got one crock block and five-eighths of a crock block.
2: So it's one and five-eighths of a crock block. No, it's one and
1: five-eighths of a J.J. Starbuck.
0: That's what they call it in Canada, J.J. Starbuck.
1: One and five-eighths of a J.J. Starbuck? Well, no, that would be in Canada, one and five-eighths of a school.
0: Maybe in Mexico, it's a J.J. Starbuck. In
2: Texas, it's one and five-eighths of a J.J. Starbuck.
1: Well, Greg, it gets a little tricky if you go overseas to Europe because the conversion factor for JJ Starbucks to Cheap, Cheap, Cheaps really throws the math off.
0: Well, it gets even weirder if you try to exchange it for our Faulty Towers. Oh, deep dive! Because Faulty Towers had twelve episodes.
2: Somebody, please
0: play the theme music. <laughs>
2: So here we are in 1997 and the world has not had a Police Academy movie in let's say three years. That's right because everyone forgets about Mission to Moscow. Everyone would love to forget Mission to Moscow not remembering that it made Claire Forlani's
0: career you see. Oh yeah and then she went to Mallrats where she delivered the greatest line ever.
1: You know that Julie had a huge wave problem in school. She had the fattest ass.
0: Best line delivery in a movie.
2: With no police academy film idea on the horizon, and really nothing to tide over the fans, of which there were a few left, especially after how bad City Under Siege was. If I'm not mistaken, Mission to Moscow was a direct-to-video release.
0: I don't remember seeing it until it was on cable. In any event, it was
2: never released theatrically. The powers that be, namely Paul Nislansky, who produced Police Academy, the original movie, and Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol, still the best in the franchise, still felt that there was life in the franchise and stories to be told of the group of misfits out of the police academy in a city that could be your city. Thank God it's not. So, Paul Mislansky teams up with Gerald Sarnoff to develop the show as a one-hour weekly. And you will not believe the people who they got to work on this with Paul Mislansky and Gerald Sarnoff. Steven Levitan, way before Modern Family, he was actually one of the producers on this show. Wow. And so they sold the show into syndication, and because it was produced by Warner Brothers, they also sold it into TBS, easy access there. And also because it was shot like many Warner Brothers productions of that time in Canada to take advantage of the tax breaks and the budgetary concerns, they also sold it to CTV. Much like the movies, Police Academy the series takes a look at the days and nights in the lives of many Of the screw-ups that come into the police academy after the events of the 1984 movie set the whole franchise in motion. We have Cadet Richard Casey, who is a fun-loving serial bachelor. And a repeat offender who chose to go to the academy instead of going to jail. That makes sense. We have Dirk and Dean Tackleberry, who are nephews of Eugene Tackleberry, whom they regard in high regard. Luke Cackley, not to be confused with Luke Keekley, but Luke Cackley, who is similar to both
0: House and Hightower. Although, let's be honest, it would be funny if Luke Keekley was on this show, even though he would have been like, what, 10 years old or something. We have the requisite females of the cast, Cadet
2: Ann Metford and Alicia Conchita Montoya Cervantes. And acting as the heels of the police academy, Sergeant Rusty Ledbetter, who wants to discredit Casey and his friends to get them thrown out of the academy, and his familiar Lester Shane. He spies on Casey and his friends in an attempt to discredit them and throw them out at the Academy. Overseeing the whole thing is Commandant Stuart Hefflinger, who is much like his predecessor, Commandant Eric Lassard. And tying it all back into the franchise in assorted roles around the Academy is Sergeant Larvell Jones. Now, several notable people from the franchise would make a return engagement into the series, but we'll talk about them as we talk about the episodes. But right now, let's talk about who we have in the cast. Playing Cadet Casey is Matt Borlinghi, who right now is Lyle the Pawn Shop Guy in Cobra Kai, but you would know him for his work on The Jeff Foxworthy Show... All My Children, and Future Entries, Pigsty and Party Girl. He was also in a pilot for a Married with Children spinoff called Enemies. What? There was a Married with Children spinoff pilot called Enemies. It was a backdoor
1: pilot. It was the, I believe, third to last season? It wasn't the last season. I don't think it was the second to last season. Maybe it was the second to last season. But it was a clear takeoff of Friends. Uh, and this was actually an aired episode of Married with Children. And they really mocked Friends, the whole idea of Friends. And in this episode, playing, I don't want to say a boyfriend, but somebody who was dating one of those characters. How about Alan Thick? Oh, <laughs> And mind you, Alan Thicke at this point would have been probably in his late 40s, early 50s, and he's dating essentially 20-year-olds or people in their 20s. And
0: hey Mike, guess what I have to honor Alan Thicke?
2: <laughs> Greg just held up a bottle of Crystal Light Mio. knockoff. off.
0: It's Crystal Light Strawberry Lemony Drink Mix. Yeah, you know what? I can
1: top you right there. <laughs> I've got packets of crystal light uh, lemonade, two quarts.
0: That's what we need to honor that crystal light aerobics thing that Alan Thick did that one time. You mean the one that somebody overdubbed Taylor
2: Swift's to? <laughs> what? Somebody overdubbed Taylor Swift's shake-it-off to that video. Okay,
1: I think we're missing the big takeaway here, what we should really get out of this, which is, why the heck do Greg and Mike have Crystal Light at their desks?
0: Because we love Alan Thicke so much. We want to honor him by getting Crystal Light because he hosts that aerobics competition.
2: Whatever gets you to sleep at night. Playing Rusty Ledbetter is Rod Crawford who wasn't in much of anything before or since this show. He played Paul McAdams in an episode of The New Adams Family, and he was a Phoenix guard on MacGyver. But yeah, this is as big as his career is ever going to get. Playing Dirk Tackleberry is Toby Proctor, who kids like me would probably remember as the first English voice of Tuxedo Mask in... Sailor Moon, the first 65 episodes. But he was also in all 25 episodes of Flash Gordon from 1996, so there is that. And playing his brother Dean Tackleberry, Jeremiah Burkett. We definitely remember him, Greg, as DJ Ken Kelly from Season 5 of Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. He was also on AJ's Time Travelers as the guy who says, remember, you are strictly going back in time as visitors. You are not allowed to change, alter, fold, spindle, or otherwise mutilate the course of history. But here's the thing. Toby Proctor is a white guy. (laughs) Jeremiah Burkett is a black guy. They are both nephews of Eugene Tackleberry. I'm just saying because they they make a joke about that, like, in almost every episode. Anyway, playing Annie Medford is Heather Campbell, not to be confused with Heather Ann Campbell, but Heather Campbell, who played Neely Capshaw in... One episode of Baywatch. I guess we call her fake Neely Capshaw because we all remember the real Neely Capshaw. Gina Lee Nolan. Oh, yeah. But she was also, Greg, in an episode of Seinfeld. Oh, what episode of Seinfeld? Season 8, episode 5, The Package. The Package. A mysterious package arrives for Jerry, Elaine is curious about what the doctors are writing in her records, and George tries to hit on the cute girl at the one-hour
0: photo place. Oh, yeah. Because, as we all know of certain episodes of Seinfeld, because it's in the 90s, people might not know what a one-hour photo place is in 2023.
2: Playing Cadet Alicia Conchita Montoya Cervantes is Christine Gonzalez who is known as Amy on several episodes of King of Queens.
0: Oh, King of Queens. You know we're being timely because right now, going on the internet, the hot thing on the internet is Kevin James doing that pose. Which pose is this now? Wait, really? He doesn't know the pose? I don't know the pose.
2: Somebody's, oh, get... somebody's going to have to show me the pose. I got oh, it.
1: I got it. I got it. I got it.
0: I got it. I got it. Hold on. All right. This is CNN breaking news. Chico doesn't know the Kevin jeans
1: pose. Is necessarily the pose that we're looking for, or just his face? Because his just face, the face. Think, yeah, okay, his face sells it all. And actually, I tried doing a meme the other day with his face, so I actually have a transparent image of his face.
2: Oh, oh that's what that was. Well, it, was it was like I mean, so. Okay, a little bit of behind the veil here. Somebody posted a picture of family on the beach from Seinfeld with George just doing the
0: yeah. And then oh yeah, and... I posted this in the random reels section. It's the episode of Seinfeld where George looked over Mr. Krueger's picture in 1989 and George in this picture in the meme is replaced by the picture of Kevin James doing the face. Now I get it.
1: And you may wonder why did I do a uh, a, a, a transparent background for that? I actually did this uh, at the entertainment of my students the other day.
0: <laughs> do your kids really love Kevin James and the King Queen so much?
1: They love the meme. Again, they're hip to what's cool nowadays. They They pay attention to trends and memes and stuff and uh, I happened to mention a couple days ago to the students I said you know the Kevin James meme and I showed them the picture in case they didn't know and they're like yeah and I'm like I just got this brilliant idea after seeing uh, a certain group on Facebook and I took the eyes and the nose and the mouth of Kevin James and put it on the blank slate Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> oh I'm looking at one you bud draw a face on the cat, then post your art in the comments. And you put Kevin James' eyes, his nose, and his lips onto the cat.
1: I really wanted to get his whole face on the cat, except it didn't crop properly. And it would have looked kind of weird, like I just cheaply like uh, uh, cut out uh, Kevin James's face and slapped it on a cat. So, I had to work with what I had. And the students that I did that for heartily approved.
2: So back to the cast here. Playing Luke Cackley, Tony Longo, famous Hollywood tough, known for roles in Sixteen Candles, Splash, Fletch, Angels in the Outfield, he played Trisket Mesmer, Greg. Mulholland Drive, and apparently one short called the tony longo trilogy where he played working character actor aside from those and police academy he was a that heavy from that thing sadly no longer with us at all in the role of lester shane we have pj auckland yeah he looks like a proctor oh my god he was in little man tate and one episode of Young Sheldon as Rene Descartes. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me, but whatever. He was also three episodes of Future Entry Grand as a character named Dustin Gladowski. Somebody named Gladowski is either going to beat you up or get beat up. And rounding out the cast as Commandant Stuart Hefflinger,
0: Joe Flaherty. That's right, Count Floyd himself. I mean, what else can we say about Joe Flaherty? Am
2: I the only one who watched Maniac Mansion back in the day? What else can we say? Joe
1: Flaherty played a dentist in a season three episode of Married with Children. He was Al's dentist. The problem is Al didn't go to the dentist for like 40 years. He was afraid of the dentist. And, uh... (laughs) Joe Flaherty's dentist character was in the middle of a divorce and he gets a call while he's working in Al saying that his ex-wife wants all the baseball cards and he loves the baseball cards. This is relevant to Greg and I. So this is great. No, she's not getting the baseball cards. Those are beloved. And, and so he gets so furious and he, he gets all his frustration out on Al with this big drill. <laughs> Al's the victim of so much stuff. His dentist was going through a divorce, and right when the lawyer calls, pisses off the dentist, and now gets the worst end of it. But he did get a balloon and a doll.
0: Okay. Well, that makes up for losing all his baseball cards, I guess.
1: Now I'm talking about Al got the balloon in the doll. Oh, not the de- oh.
0: why would the dentist get the balloon in the doll? Well, I don't know. He's a dentist. He might give the balloon to a kid. I don't know. But he gives the balloon to Al. But let's not forget, Joe Flaherty was in Back to the Future too. Cause remember, Chico, he gave the note to Marty McFly. From Western Union, letting him know that the Doc was in the Old West.
2: Thus setting up Back to the Future Part 3. That's right. And then we have Sergeant Larvell Jones, played by the one, the only,
0: Michael Winslow. And what can we say about Michael Winslow? But let's just say, the man is... So incredibly talented doing the voice of First Nations.
2: He should not have been in on America's Got Talent a few years ago,
0: because that would just been the game right there. Sorry, no, that would have been it. It's like, why are we even bothering here? It's Michael Winslow. You all lost. And because this is, it
2: was a thing on TV. We must make mention. It is in the bylaws of this podcast that we mention that Michael Winslow was on a week's worth of episodes, at least, of the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour.
0: He was on many weeks of the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Isn't that right, Mike?
1: Yeah, and that was before Police Academy came out. And actually, in his last week, which would have been summer-ish of uh, 1984, they actually promoted him as, from Police Academy, Michael Winslow. It's time
0: for The Match Game, Hollywood Squares, our win from the movie Police Academy, Michael Winslow. Okay, so let's
2: talk about the episodes. And, of course, we have the expository pilot, Beauty is Only Academy Deep. New cadets arrive at the Metropolitan Police Academy, now under the leadership of Commandant Hefflinger, The cadets must rescue their hard-nosed instructor, Sergeant Ledbetter, after he is kidnapped by a biker gang. Now, we have some recurring but not regular cadets, like Cadet Leon, played by Dave Squatch Ward, who was in So Weird, Smallville, Andromeda, and Snow Dogs was also Santa in, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Jingle All the Way 2.
0: Oh, that's right. There was a second one with Larry the Cable Guy and Santino from the WWE. They couldn't get Arnold and Sinbad to come back. And we also
2: have, as Womack, Andrew Cavadas, who was in... 13th Warrior, Stargate SG-1, Lego Jurassic World, Legend of Isla Nublar, and the Man in the High Castle, and Once Upon a Time. So he said a little bit of everything, still doing a little bit of everything. Episode 2, Put Down That Nose. Worried about a former cadet threatening to assassinate the Commandant, Ledbetter undergoes a psychiatric evaluation. In the role of Kendall Jackson is Lark Miller. Now, she is another regular, semi regular cadet in the academy. And she was actually a writer on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson while being a character known as the Blues Swallow on iZombie.
0: Oh, I forgot about iZombie.
2: It was a really good show. It has the Chick on Ghosts on it. Rose That's McIver? what we're going to call her. The chick from ghosts. You put some respect on Rose McIver's name. Thank you very much. But playing the psychiatrist, Dr. Joyce Brothers.
0: Oh, Dr. Joyce Brothers. Legend. And she won her $64,000 on the $64,000 question. Legit. On a boxing question. Oh, she learned all the boxers.
2: And in a role as Sally is Emmanuel Vaugier, who has spent three seasons playing Detective Jessica Angel in CSI New
0: York. And as we've established many times in this podcast, Chico is a big fan of the CSI franchise.
2: Damn right. Episode 3, A nothing But a Hound. In a training exercise staged for the cadets, Casey plays the role of a criminal on the loose. But confusion arises when a Casey lookalike escapes from prison. Meanwhile, the Tackleberries adopt a pet pig.
0: A pet pig. Two pigs and a pig. What are the Tackleberries going to do with a pig? I don't
2: know. Episode four. Two men and a baby. (laughs) We talked about nine cops and a baby. Now we're talking about two men and a baby. The arrival of a filmmaker filming a recruitment video gives Ledbetter the opportunity to record proof of Casey's shenanigans. Meanwhile, the Tackleberries care for an infant left at their door. Episode 5, Dead Man Talking. A photographer with incriminating evidence is brought to the Academy for Protection. And District Attorney Callahan has eyes for Commandant Hefflinger. Yes, Debbie Callahan is a District Attorney
0: now. Which means they got Leslie Easterbrook back for this episode.
1: The name I'm going to mention, he's done a little bit of stuff. He was in 51 episodes of Land of the Giants as Barry Lockridge. The name I mention is... Stefan Arngrim, you know the reason I'm mentioning it. His sister is Allison Arngrim from Little House on the Prairie, Nellie Olson.
0: Ooh. And Alison Arngrim was on the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour.
1: I think she was on the first week.
0: She yeah, was on the she... first week. Let's not forget that first week. Hashtag Twyla had 30. Were you
1: expecting me to say something?
0: I was expecting you to add on to that. No, I'm taking the hybrid this week. Good. Good for you. <laughs> and in the role of... Littleton is a lovely lady. Yeah. In the role of Victor
2: Mazzo, the pride and joy of Cincinnati, Ohio, Jerry Wasserman, who is Detective Fine and Watchman. He was also an iRobot, and he is currently on four episodes of Family Law. And one episode of The Last of Us. Family Law, um, of course, the uh, Victor Garber, Joel State show on the CW. Oh, that's Victor
0: Garber and Joel State. Two of my favorite Canadians.
2: Two of my five favorite Canadians in that one show. The other three, of course, being Ryan Reynolds, Alex Trebek, rest in
0: peace, and Shannon Tweed? Shannon Tweed. (laughs) How about... no. Scratch that. Scratch Shannon Tweed. I'll put Mark Messier in that top five. Uh, excuse
1: me. If you ask me, Shannon Tweed has two of the five best Canadians ever, if you know what I mean. Good night, everybody. Your Twi- There's your Twilight Littleton joke.
0: <laughs> Screw you. I got this Mark Messier starting lineup Rangers figure. I'm holding my hand right now. I see
2: that. That's That's good. That's good. That's really good. Well, good for you. It it looks good, Greg. It looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Oh, yeah. Shannon
1: Tweed's twos look good. Oh, God, Mike. Okay. You
2: go back to the New Liars Club in 1988
1: and 1989, and don't tell me Shannon Tweed is not just absolutely adorable. You would take her home, have her meet your family, and probably do some other stuff that we can't talk about.
2: Shannon Tweed is a treasure and Gene Simmons is the luckiest rab bastard in the face of the earth. That sums it up. Episode 6. Mummy Dearest. Expecting a delivery of an exercise bicycle, the Commandant receives an Egyptian mummy instead.
0: What?
2: In an attempt to impress her strict father, Annie pretends to be a drill instructor. Playing said father, Alonzo Medford, is a man by the name of Duncan Frazier, who's been a that guy from that thing. But he was on one episode of Supergirl, so you know. Any time to mention Supergirl, I'm going to take it. Episode 7. No sweat, sweet. An over-the-hill boxer enrolls in the academy to toughen up. And Casey must find out who's been stealing the cadets' personal belongings. Playing the boxer, Ty Henderson, man by the name of Vinny Paciencia. I hope I did not screw that up. He was basically a that-boxing guy from that thing. So, him being in this episode as a boxer makes sense. Episode 8, All at Sea. While on a sneak out at the beach, Casey becomes involved with an attractive TV star who is kidnapped, and Annie fears she may have a curse and visits a psychic for help. The TV personality that Casey has a crush on, later by the name of Lisa London, played by Rachel Hayward, who is seen in an episode of Greg, Future Entry, Turner and Hooch. Disney Plus did that show dirty. And you're not going to make me argue otherwise. Episode 9. Less is more. Casey is stalked by a woman obsessed with marrying him, just as romance is blossoming between Casey and Annie. And after a knock to the head, Lester develops multiple personality disorder. At this point, it's basically Woman of the Week for Casey. And in this particular case, the Woman of the Week is... A woman by the name of Felicia, played by Heather Hansen, who was in 26 episodes of something called Really Me, and 24 episodes of something else called G-Spot. I'm not even going to imagine what that's
0: about. Oh, hell no. I don't want to think about what that's about.
2: But the big name, playing Dr. Otis P. Quackenbush, Kenneth Mars the voice of Triton and the Little Mermaid, among other things. Episode 10, If I Were a Rich Cop. Casey finds an ancient journal with clues to a buried treasure on Academy grounds, and Annie is upset when Casey cheats on his written assignment. Episode 11, Shopping with the Enemy. With the cancellation of Summer Vacation, Heflinger... And the cadets try to get their Christmas shopping in early, but find themselves held captive by a group of inept thugs.
0: And I should note, this was the last episode before Christmas, so... Makes sense why they'd make a Christmas-themed episode.
2: That, for some reason, takes place in the middle of summer.
0: Well, Christmas in July. True.
2: Episode 12. Luke. Warm. Warm. Annie has a secret admirer in Luke, but the feeling is not quite mutual, and the Tackleberries are hot on the trail of some missing squad cars. And we have a recurring character in Cassandra Cunningham, played by Tanya Wright, and Tanya Wright is a lovely lady who is known as the NSA advisor of the United States in Season 5 of Madam Secretary. And starred for seven seasons as Kenya Jones on True Blood. And she was in nine episodes of 24, season one. Was also in 11 episodes of Orange is the New Black. So yeah, she is a known entity. She is not just this throwaway lady. Episode 13. The truth ain't what it used to be. Police Academy Court is in session with Hefflinger as judge and Ledbetter, as prosecutor Casey, is put on trial for allegedly assisting a bank robber. Uh oh.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh.
2: Episode fourteen: Hoop Nightmares. In an attempt to raise money for Annie's surprise birthday party, Casey bets on the annual basketball game between the academies and sheriff's cadets. Returning as Sheriff Miser, which they changed for some reason. From Mauser, Art Patrano.
0: Yep, reprising his role for Police Academy two and three.
2: Although they named him Miser for some reason instead of Mauser,
0: maybe it's the Canadian spelling of Mauser.
2: Episode fifteen. Lend me your ears. Eric Lassard comes out of retirement to fill in as commandant, while Hefflinger takes a refresher course. Led better experiments with a new hair growth treatment. And of course, guess who comes back to play Eric Lassard? Punky, Punky,
0: Punky, Punky!
2: Don't put Brandon in the microwave, Punky! Oh God!
1: What the hell did you just say? <laughs> Don't put Brandon in the microwave. Why
2: would you put Brandon in the microwave? We've already Why? put Sherry in the fridge, and I have to come up with something different. Oh, God. Really? You had to go
1: there? Go into animal abuse? Something that didn't happen on the show? I was going to say go in the corner, but I'm going to tell you, go in the refrigerator, close the door, and think about what you just did, young man. No. Brandon in the microwave!
2: I am outraged!
0: Oh my god, it's so horrible!
2: I'm going to punish myself later. Episode 16, Dr. Hightower. Captain Hightower returns to the academy to train the new cadets and to receive an award as Alumnus of the Year while also lending Casey a helping hand in tracking down an armored car thief. And we have The return of Andrew Cavadas as Womack, but we also have the return of Bubba Smith as Moses Hightower. Before we continue, I have to make an instant correction. I've been saying Hefflinger all episode long. It is Heffelfinger. 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 Okay. So now I can say this properly. In episode 17, bring me the turtle of Commandant Heffelfinger. The Commandant's pet turtle, Zeus, becomes possessed by a creature from outer
0: space. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God, this is so... Hold on. The name of it is... Zeus and he's a turtle he's a turtle unfortunately he's not voiced by Tiny Lester but he is voiced by this guy Mike get ready Dom DeLuise second week in a
1: row we've made a Dom DeLuise reference oh my gosh and I just listened to that episode while I was uh, getting groceries doing my running around today And just you mentioning Munchie on MST3K. I need to find that.
0: Well, the MST3K channel is now airing episodes from the most recent season. So maybe you'll get to see Munchie on Pluto or Slinger. There's many outlets that MST3K is on.
1: I know that some of them are on demand on Pluto. Maybe I need to do a little search
2: later on. And Lester teams up with Cassandra to catch a thief. Episode 18, Karate Cops. The cadets are led to a couple of jewel thieves after Commandant Heffelfinger finds
0: a ruby in his fortune cookie. You know that there was one point in this episode where Michael Winslow did the, uh, the dubbing impression. <laughs> For someone who's a Shaolin monk. Your Kung Fu is really lousy.
2: I've been doing that for 30 years in anticipation
0: of this moment. If only everybody could see you now, they'd be very proud of you.
2: Episode 19, a horse, of course. Horse. When Lester's new equine friend becomes kidnapped, it's up to Casey and the cadets to find and return the horse to its rightful owner. Episode 20, Mr. IQ. Lester joins a dating service using Casey's photo on his profile. Catfishing, Jones tutors the cadets on how to detect a pit pocket, and Luke becomes a game show contestant. I imagine the host of this show is Dink Bradley. Just sounds like a Game showy name. Uh, he's played by Greg Rogers, who was in five episodes of Arrow as Councilman Cullens. But the only real names in this episode, there are two. Playing Charlotte Ockelman is Emmanuel Treke. You would probably remember her as Chitara in the first. Thundercats reboot. Not Thundercats War, but the first Thundercat reboot. But she is currently Lana Lang Cushing on Superman and Lois. And in the role of Myrtle Groggins, Tabitha St. Germain, known as Rarity in the My Little Pony franchise. Because pony. Episode 21. Team Tack. Captain Tackleberry is set up for blackmail by the owner of a strip club after Tack shuts them down. Ledbetter orders Casey to help Luke lose weight. Guess who gets
0: an appearance on this show? Oh, yes. David Graff is back as Tackleberry in this episode.
2: Pyramid All-Star David Graff is That's back. That's right. Respect
0: the legend of the
2: pyramid. Not only We have, albeit in archive footage, Colleen Campus's wife, Kathleen. Episode 22 Cadet of the Year. Heffelfinger organizes a Cadet of the Year competition to increase the number of Academy enlistments, but Ledbetter does his best to keep Casey from winning. Due to budget cuts, Commissioner Hurst is named the new Commandant. Commissioner Hurst, played by George. R. Robertson, sadly, died earlier this year, but he was actually in the first six Police Academy films as Cheap Hurst. Oh, that's great. But because he wasn't in any of the Police Academy academies, not many people, you know, remember him. Episode 23, Got Insurance. Casey tries to defend the Academy against the shady lawyer of the Academy's janitor who files a lawsuit after Luke accidentally injures him. Playing the attorney, a man by the name of Arnold Flegel,
0: Tim Kazerinsky. Although not playing the role of Sweet Chuck. Sweet Chuck's a little bit
2: bitter. Yeah, I went there and I'm not apologizing. Episode 24, Angel on My Back. Ledbetter meets his guardian angel who tells him to start treating his cadets with kindness or be doomed. Playing the role of the angel, a Marcus Aronius, that is his name, Robert Costanzo, who played Velocities in Hercules and any subsequent media afterwards, but also played Joey's dad in future entry, Joey. Episode 25, Lend Me Your Neck, penultimate episode. Annie is stalked by a mental patient who thinks he is a vampire, and a woman turns up at the Academy claiming to be Heffelfinger's daughter. Playing the mental patient, a guy by the name of Elwyn Bixby, R. Nelson Brown who we actually talked about on Monday as one of the ensemble casts of Police Academy, the animated series. And in the role of Jane Smith, the person claiming to be the Commandant's daughter, Leslie Hops, who was in Supernatural, John Doe, The Haunting Hour, and Like Mike 2? There was a Like Mike 2? There was a Like Mike 2.
0: Did they at least get Bow Wow back for it?
2: No. They got another no. guy.
0: Okay, did they get any NBA stars like in the first one for this?
2: Not that I can see, no.
0: Oh, that's bullshit.
2: They did get Kel Mitchell,
0: though. Okay, that's good. Kel Mitchell. The legend. Who was recently on Celebrity Wheel Fortune. And the
2: final episode, episode 26. Rich... No more. Let Better and the Cadets embark on a ski trip for winter break. Alice and Annie have the hots for a handsome concierge. The Tackleberries try befriending Lester, and Casey meets the love of his life, but has trouble being accepted by her father. Playing Diane in this episode, Monica Schnarr, who, last I remember, was in Buggy's Diner which we may cover on a future episode with James Marsden and Jim J. Bullock. Oh,
0: wow. Emmy nominated James Marsden and Jim J. Bullock. Cause let's remember James Marsden is nominated for an Emmy for jury duty playing himself and playing
2: in a cameo role as grumpy man at table The creator of this show, Paul Maslansky. Yeah, that's the show. So, I have to ask, what
0: happened? I think it was way too late to do a live-action version of Police Academy. Like, let's just say eight years after the last theatrical release movie in the series.
1: I have a theory. If you look at syndication... In the 80s and early 90s, you had a lot of syndicated comedies. You had Mama's Family after it got canceled uh, on NBC. She's the Sheriff ended up in syndication for a year after it got canceled on NBC. Out of This World was in syndication for three years after NBC got rid of the primetime starts at 730. You had Harry and the Hendersons. That was late 80s, early 90s did you really have true comedy in terms of a 30 minute situation, comedy or comedy show in 1997? I mean, honestly you had comedy shows like nightstand and 95, 96, 97, but really in terms of like true 30 minute sitcoms, the only one that really comes to mind after like 1991, besides this, one that comes to mind is anger management, because remember, that was in syndication and also on FX at the same time. If that makes any sense. Like I said, just a theory.
2: You know what? That is feasible
1: because
2: they were basically throwing everything at syndication and seeing what's stuck. Because if you remember, this would be the age of Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5 and Baywatch and shows like that that are getting killer numbers in syndication and people are going outside of the traditional network model seeing, you know what? Maybe there's a point to all of this. So you see shows like VIP, Soldier of Fortune Incorporated, and Police Academy. Now, the franchise as a whole was given the deep dive treatment in the documentary, What an Institution, the Story of Police Academy, where anybody who was anybody, except for Tony Hawk, boo, was talking about it. I believe they briefly glossed over both the cartoon and the live action show. But aside from that, not much is known about the show as it aired. There wasn't much in the way of reviews for the show. The show has not been legally released for home release. There is a DVD out there if you know how to speak French. And also, episodes have popped up on YouTube, but if you want to watch the whole series, you also have to know how to speak French. Because apparently it was very popular in France. But yeah, it didn't succeed in syndication and it didn't succeed in TBS. So the fine folks at Warner's have decided we don't really see much use of a tired franchise and decided to just let it go after its season order has been exhausted. There has been talks as recently as the last couple of years of an eighth Police Academy movie, but in the 25 years, getting closer to 30 now, since it has been posited, the project has been languished in development hell, and not much is known at the time of this recording. So does anybody have anything else to add about that?
0: Well, Police Academy, the live-action series, it was one and done in syndication. And in the end, it just became a thing on TV.
2: Well, that's going to do it for this show. Remember, if you want to listen to the 417 episodes before this one, you can hop over to itwasathingontv.com. We have all the episodes, all the minisodes, all the live watches, tons of material there. And we are on Facebook at It Was a Thing on TV podcast and everywhere else at It Was a Thing on TV. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Audible, etc., And don't forget, we are also on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you can be informed of all of our future uploads, including what we have in store next week. And next week is the beginning of our annual Spooky Season strand of shows, starting with a show that is not spooky, but did share a title with a spooky series of spooky movies and one television show that just started its third season
0: oh yeah but also we get to see the first television appearance of maybe a possible future hall of famer of this show perhaps and then
2: we get a mysterious invite to a country club in southern california involving robert Erich and susan lucci What's there not to like? I'm sure there's something more to this story, but we'll find out more as we accept an invitation to H-E-Double Hockey Sticks next week, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. For Mike, for Greg, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one.
0: Wow! You know, since we met, I saw you on Police Academy, and you were wonderful. It really was some great flick. Thank, Thank you. you.
2: Thank you, Gene. You know, all this talk about voice talents in the Police Academy episodes. You know what?
0: I'm going to do it. Greg, ring the bell. Oh, oh, I didn't realize we were going to do this. That's the fault of me still recording, but here we go. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Chico Alexander is catching in his money in the bank.
2: I'm pretty sure I still have a copy of this. But for my money in the bank, I'm going to declare a fine Funimation production. Chuck E. Cheese in the Galaxy 5000.
0: Oh, no. Well, you know, that means we're going to
2: do it, do it, do it, do whatever you want. Add Risky Pizza, do whatever you want.
1: Okay, so wait, 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 wait. So this is the Chuck E. Cheese movie from, oh, no, Chico. This is more scarier than Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, it is. Okay, this is a movie from like 1998? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this. I don't remember where. Thank you, Chico, for having such a good memory in that regard and actually playing your money in the bank on something that we referred to briefly that is the Fuel of Nightmares. I guess I'll have to buckle up and buy some Depends undergarments for the uh, first week of uh, January when we cover this. Uh